your name to one of the people that one of the 16 people that are left call him out right now who do you think is going to win just completely shot in the dark here I'm going to say Erica is going to be your winner of Survivor 41 okay Welcome back, everyone, to the 39 Days Podcast. My name is Alex Weir. That's Andrew Natalizio. Cheers. And tonight, we are going to be talking about the season finale of Survivor 41, which, spoiler alert, Erica was the winner of. And if anyone's been watching our podcast or listening to our podcast in the past few, t- 12 weeks, 12, 12 weeks, weeks, yeah, that's what it is, here. they'll know that Andrew correctly picked that Erica would win after the first episode. So, Andrew, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Uh, the luckiest of lucky guesses. <laughs> we went on absolutely nothing other than what we'd seen from them on our TVs for an hour or two, whatever the, the inter-episode was. Um, minimal social media posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't read any spoilers for obvious reasons. I don't even know if, if that stuff is readily available. I don't know but, if there was any spoilers. I don't even know why honestly. you would want to go ahead and ruin no. it. Um, I joked with you tonight that like Erica has already been Twitter verified for the past three months. So maybe we should have known then, but I, I don't know if other <laughs> the castaways are as well. Um, I did see something on Twitter. Someone kept calling her um, Miss Philippines. So I don't know if she was in one of those pageants and won it. And that's why, or they were just making a joke. The fact that she's Filipino in heritage. Um, if that's the case, it's in poor taste, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, um, if yeah. she actually was like a former pageant queen, then like maybe that's what helped boost her um, her Twitter verification way before the show aired. But in any manner, yeah, that's it, it, <laughs> so wild that Erica ended up winning this thing. Uh, Unbelievable. She really came on late and, and she played the type of game that we kind of lauded the entire season on this podcast. And you don't want to be mm-hmm. big and brash and, and make a lot of enemies put a big target on your back early on. Yeah. But you also don't want to get to the end and not have enough to stand on. And yeah. I think she threaded the needle perfectly. I think she played close to the perfect game you can play. If I'm being completely honest, because like we we've said this whole time, you do not want to be the center of attention pre-merge and the center of attention pre-merge was Shannon Ricard. And I, and we can definitely say the two of them together played f- a fantastic game. Mostly Shan, because Ricard kind of sat in the passenger seat with Shan in the driver's seat for the whole time. But that ended up burning Shan. She was voted out after, what was she voted out? Eight? Seven? One of those. But I think Shan was eighth, yeah. Yeah, eighth but place. either way, her strong game was recognized very early in terms of you know the season. There were still four yeah. or five episodes. And ultimately, same with Ricard. He made it a little further than mm-hmm. she did because he had to be the one to turn on her But first. The, on- the only reason he made it so far was because he won immunity challenges. Right. And you could say that they may have taken him out immediately after. Mm-hmm. Um, had he not won, what, four, I think, individual immunities? I think he won three. He won four challenges. He won four three immunities. Got it. Uh, but he, he had a great moment with, with Jeff. I think it was at the final travel, right? It wasn't the yeah. after show. He was talking about how how proud he was of his game and how yeah. he thinks he's one of the greatest to ever play it, even if he didn't win. And Jeff's like, look, some of the best players we've ever had have I never think won. That, that was his that was win. at his last tribal. And yeah. and I think that extends out to Shan as well. Yeah. Um, the two of them can hang their hats on them being arguably the strongest players. You could make a case mm. that Erica played it well, that she positioned herself to be the person to make the moves, but not 
necessarily get the credit for them, so she didn't have the attention either. Yeah. And then she didn't also play the ultra social game that Deshaun did, where you're friends with everyone, but then ultimately you have to turn on all of your friends, and that actually hurts you in, in the long run. Yeah. But ultimately, in terms of just pure strategy and making big moves, I think Shan and Ricard will go down as the two strongest players from this season. Now, yeah. one thing I do want to see, and, and I saw someone else tweet it out maybe about an hour ago, was they I want to see these players on an all-star season. Mm-hmm. To oh, really definitely. let me know, are, are they really strong players or was the cast around them lacking this season? Yeah, and because we don't know that yet. This season has been different. You know, that's kind of been the whole theme of this season was that it's not a normal season of Survivor. It was only 26 days. It threw a ton of twists and advantages and everything they possibly could in. And it wasn't a normal season of Survivor because of the pandemic. And they did the best they could. They tried to up the pace of it. And, you know, I think we were harsh on it. We were we were about as critical as you could come for first four or five episodes, I think. But... I really think that this season as a whole kind of was just on an upward um, arc towards the end because it became a lot more survivor and a lot less advantages and just trying to make the season different. So like you were saying, it's completely different as opposed to a normal season. And Shannon Ricard were two of the best players of this type of season. But if you throw in a normal 39 days, less advantages, you know, maybe harder challenges, something like that, where you see like an, a more classic season of Survivor, are they going to be just as successful? I, I would actually, uh, I, would, I would suggest that they are. Mm. And I think the, the intensity of the 26 days kind of ramped everything up and put yeah. more urgency into every vote out and, and every passing day. Even though you have this, if if it's 18 castaways over 26 days, over 39 days, you're going to have the same number of tribal councils, same number of votes, but everything just seems more intense, right? In a shorter, mm. and then they threw in all the extra challenges and they stripped out the food and whatnot to make it seem like 39 days, even though it was only 26. I think the, the characteristics of Shan and Ricard's game would play out well there. And in fact, actually, they might thrive even better because they could take their foot off the gas just a little bit. And I think pushing it just a little too much, you could argue is what was their undoing. That's true. Yeah, they would have a chance to kind of just sit back and just assess their whole situation, which I think that was definitely Shan's undoing, where she kind of pushed herself too hard. And she got, I wouldn't say she got sloppy towards the end, but she kind of got way too paranoid in the last few episodes she was in because she started overthinking everything. And I think she really started questioning people in her alliance and that was ultimately what got her voted out because people realized she was being paranoid and they're like, okay, Shan's a big threat and she might vote me out. Like Ricard, that was his whole entire thing. He was like, I have to vote Shan out before she votes me out. And I so, will say to, to your own credit, you, you were right on this and I missed it. I, I guess <laughs> it just went right by me, but mm-hmm. um, you were quick to call out that, Shan was very aware of Erica's game and she was targeting her, which mm-hmm. is why Erica tried. I kind of just thought Erica was saying, hey, this is a good time to take out Shan. Oh, cool. We have the numbers. Let's just make the move and then coordinated how they would do the, the vote split. But she was actually keen to the fact that Shan was going for her. And I guess I just yeah. missed that part. I, I never saw the moment where Shan said, we need to take out Erica. Yeah. It could have just been the editing. Maybe I just missed it. 
but but you for sure caught on to that and mm. and i think you could argue that's one of erica's biggest moves was catching that as it happened and being quick to flip it back on shan yeah well rather I than think, let herself get swallowed up and i think erica we we said erica was one of the stronger players in this game because she put it perfectly in her tribal speech she was never on the bottom but she was never on the top, yet she was in control of everything. She was always on the right side of every single vote because she was kind of pulling the strings in the background, even though people didn't know it. And I think because Shan was also pulling the strings of every single vote, she was the only other person that actually recognized, okay, Erica's right alongside me here, and nobody seems to realize that she's also in such a good position. Yeah, I forget who mentioned it tonight at the final tribal. It might have been Ricard, but they were quick to point out that Erica was on the right side of every single vote. Post, I think it was Ricard. Every single Ricard, Ricard gave her a pretty good uh, hype up speech, which I thought was I, as soon as he started going to bat for her, I was like, "This thing's a wrap." Oh yeah, because I was worried. I thought Ricard, I think Ricard I even tweeted out. I tweeted out from our account. I think the vote was going to be four two two. I think it ended up being seven one. Right? Yeah. Deshaun got, Deshaun got one. Erica got the rest of them. And it's funny because I was so sure Nasir was going to vote for Xander. And we didn't I was too. It's possible. I feel like if, if Xander got one, Jeff tallies the votes, he would have read 1-1-1 one, 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 and then the rest for Erica. Yeah. That's how the they He didn't read gone. one. I can't imagine that he got one. No, I don't but think Why would Jeff strip him of having his name called the final tribal? Did they did they release who voted for Dijon yet or no? Um, they didn't have the... Uh... I'm sure it's available somewhere. I'd have to okay. look it up. Okay. My because guess I, I would is... actually be pretty interested in who voted. Yeah. Maybe Danny. I, Danny was was propping up Erica too. So, and I know he, him, and Deshaun were, were best buds. So yeah. it would make sense. But I don't I'm know always, I'm always hesitant to just assume, hey, this person had a good relationship with this person. That's why they voted this way at the final yeah. tribal, and and certainly before. Because one thing I've noticed, and I watched a ton of final tribal video stages because I wanted to see some of the big <laughs> iconic speeches. For the record, everyone, he's sending me messages all throughout the day, being like, "Oh my god, I found six different videos of like the top fifty tribal council speeches, like, and each one was separated into like sections." Like watching them all right now, I'm like, "Aren't yeah. you at work for this?" <laughs> I did get very busy and I had to watch them after five o'clock when I got off the <laughs> clock, but I, I did end up watching all of them. Um, but yeah, one thing I noticed in, in those is that a lot of times people who you think are tight with, with someone who's in the finals, someone you're like, yeah, that's a sure thing. And then they just turn on them fast. And it's not so much, it's not always malicious. Sometimes they're just trying to hold their feet to the fire to actually get them to squirm and reveal why they deserve to win, mm -hmm. which I think we've seen before um certainly I, you could say ricard did that with, with erica tonight although he yeah. was pretty nice about it um but other times you think someone is pretty tight with someone and then they just unload on them and they say hey look i don't really respect your game mm -hmm. and it's funny because we were so sure xander was was a a threat to win this game and yeah, obviously he didn't get a single vote he didn't get right but we talked about it on our podcast last week that Danny's article with Entertainment Weekly, he he specifically mentioned we didn't really try and flush Xander's idol because we didn't I really think he was a threat. We weren't yeah. worried about him. And and how telling was that that the jury 
was very representative of what he said. Mm -hmm. We were unsure if, was he just saying this just to either stir up some controversy or was he bitter about Xander about something in particular? It turns out him and Xander were really close. So there was no reason he would throw him under the bus yeah. without, like, he, he was just being honest. Well, and I and think we saw that. the way to sum up Xander's entire game was kind of shown in this final, tri final tribal where I think it was Liana kind of put him on the spot and just pointed out that he really had no awareness at all. He didn't really have an idea of everything that was going on. And he, he never answered that question, right? She asked no, him, like, no, what was the moment really you had did. social awareness? And he just like stuttered for a while. Yeah. And he kind of made it, he kind of skated through because he made it to the merge. He kind of made it to everyone splitting off from Yasa. Every, then Evie was voted out. So he was the last one. Actually, Liana technically, but I will never count Liana as a member of Yas after she abandoned them. But yeah, it makes sense. And I said this to you right after Erica was announced that she won, and we were talking about this. And I said that Xander kind of bringing Erica to the end instead of Heather or Deshaun was like the final nail in this coffin. Because if, sure. these, if these, if the jury was convinced that they're like, okay, Xander really has not done much. He's done so. He's done a few good deeds throughout the season, but socially, he had no awareness at all. He won a few challenges. He got to the final three because of his immun immunity. He made it to the final four because of his idol. But he hasn't done anything. So one thing he needs to do is kind of prove to us he knows what's going on, and then he chooses to bring the eventual winner with him I mean I give props to the guy because obviously this was not easy and he might have been you know running the emotional high of winning immunity but I think you tweeted out something from our account saying his age really showed in this last episode where he yeah. just he's you know the guy's 20 years old He's still he's still young, so he does not have the like emotional maturity to just kind of fully understand everything that's going on, and he never thought Erica was a threat. And his which, his, which is I think the most telling part because his, his lot I will say his logic behind bringing her to the end of saying he didn't want to let her have a fire making competition on her resume was I guess it was sound. And he but, was so sure that she was good at, at making fire but because she had spent the night in But he saw that she was terrible at it, yeah. that's the perfect time to have her do it. And, and it's funny you say that because that was the perfect moment for, for Deshaun and Heather to both throw her under the bus, or really yeah. throw him under the bus, I should say, yeah. um, because they had already made their decision. She was already yeah. in the finals with him. But both of them sat down and said, I think you got to watch out for Erica. I think she mm -hmm. can beat you. And he's like, nah, I don't think so. I give props to Heather because she straight up called him out on that, too. She, she straight up said, I sat down with you and said, the only person who can beat you right now is Erica. And right. he brought her to the end. And some people might look at that and say, okay, maybe he was trying to you know, do the noble thing, like the woo bringing Tony to the end of bringing his biggest competition to the end. But he didn't say that. He no, said, I don't think that's the case because and I don't. Actually, I don't either. He I don't either. He explicitly said tonight um, when Deshaun did his 
truth kamikaze truth bomb whatever we're calling it um he took a survey of how the jury reacted to it and they seemed to react positively so yeah he interpreted that when when deshaun said i don't know if heather and erica can distinguish their games from each other so they're both kind of kind of cancel each other out he looked at that and said hey if i bring erica to the end they're not going to know what she did over let's say heather who's also sitting on the bench with me or got eliminated in the fire making challenge either way it hurts erica's game and i'm mm. not worried about it yeah so i don't know if he just made that up on the spot or but if he if he truly believed that then that's just a misfire on his part mm -hmm. oh completely and I feel like I feel like it's probably a combination of both. I don't think he ever really thought of Erica as a huge threat because he had a comment right before the tribal. He was like, "I don't see how I can't win this game." Like, okay, cool your jets there, dude. <laughs> you have two people who played very strong games next to you, and even though Deshaun kind of crashed and burned at the end, he's still if he's put up against Heather. And Xander, I think if it was Heather instead of Erica, I think Deshaun wins. We talked about this when I gave you one of the scenarios last week. Mm -hmm. It was those three, right? And I think yeah. you said pretty definitively that, that Deshaun would have won that. Yeah. And then um, you gave me Deshaun, Erica, Xander, and I said it would be close. But I said I think Erica wins, which ultimately, ultimately it wasn't close, but Erica still won. Right. And then we, one of the other scenarios was you said Erica was probably going to be the first person voted out tonight. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. But look, look, it was an absolute no brainer. As soon as you had Ricard on the ropes, yeah. Because we said it before and we can't say it enough, but I think he had the dominating game end to end that there's no way you're getting by him if he's sitting I at the I don't tribal. think so. Because no. it's, you talk about, Erica being able to distinguish her game, her game more closely aligned with her cards than it did Heather. Mm -hmm. Her and Heather just worked together, but they had yeah. different strategies. I feel like Erica and Ricard voted together a lot. They had similar concepts, but you could make the argument that Ricard was driving that bus a little more than she was. Mm -hmm. And that would have given him an advantage if they were head to head facing each other. Yeah. Well, and honestly, if you look at this whole season, if you took Ricard out of all 18 cast members and said, who is, who beats Ricard in the end? I think the only person is Shan. Maybe not even then. We were talking about so? how good of a game she was playing. Yeah. But Ricard really did flourish in the end. Ricard, when he played once, that same game. Once Ricard voted Shan out, that was when he really flourished because yeah, but he was I, able I, I think, I think in hindsight, he could have kept her to the end and still mm -hmm. beaten her. You think so? We talked the whole season. His his best shot at winning was to take her out before yeah. she took him out. Uh, and they kind of had that understanding as well. Like, they knew that. But let's just say some hypothetical scenario where they, they both make it to the end. We were so convinced by what Shan was doing early on that she was just a surefire winner. But I think Ricard would have done enough. Let's say it's Shan, Heather, and Ricard. I think he might still win that scenario over her. Yeah. I think his game was that good. Well, and one thing... I keep, we keep bringing up stuff we talked about before, which is good, I guess, in our part. Because but the, we know more, what we're talking about. the more we see of this season, the more everything developed. It yeah. completely changes what we had originally said about something. Mm, but I want to say it was either last week or the pod before that where I said 
that Shan's entire gameplay, the majority of how her strength was the beginning of the season pre-merge, mm-hmm. where the only other person she was with was Ricard. Uh, like post-merge, because there's two people on Ua left. She voted out everyone, and she played a fantastic game to get to the point where she voted everyone out. But it took a lot of effort to do that. And by the time they got to the merge, Ricard was really the only one who understood her game. Yeah. And that's why and, he and voted one, her out. One of Danny's questions, he you know, he made the, the sports analogy. Let's break it down. He said quarters, but he only mentioned three, three. segments of the game, right? I was the only one who missed that. Okay. No, he, <laughs> he said, only mentioned three. He said pre-merge, merge through and final eight. nine, and then the final eight, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that Shan would have, well, we don't know how she would have survived past the point of, of her elimination. If she would have continued mm-hmm. to make big moves or if she would have gone home a week or two later anyway, and it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but you can make the argument that a lot of her, her gameplay and a lot of what was on her resume was pre-merge. And yeah. then what did she do in the closing? Danny would love to hear, how did you finish the game? That's not how you start the game. It's how you finish the game. <sighs> Yeah, and she voted um they blindsided Nasir and that was kind of it. And even that move we still don't know if, if we understand because she split no. her two votes. I yeah, I will never get that. And if she, you were, she if you were trying they, to target him. She gave some weird explanation when they got back and they're like, How did you get Nasir out? And I don't even remember how she said it, but I know it was it was weird. And that was Nasir and Heather, right? Because she Heather could have been out way sooner. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was between Nasir and, yeah, I, I don't know. But in, in any manner, what, what a crazy wild season it was. Yeah. Um, I, I but let's earlier, look at that I, fire-making I, challenge because oh my God. that was far and away the best of, of that final Easily. four that we had. So I still am not a huge fan of the fire-making challenge to get into the final four because it takes away the biggest thing in this in the game, which is... Um, voting people out and I don't like taking that away just to earn yourself into the final four but if all if you give me a final four fire making challenge like this one in this season I think I can survive because this one was wild yeah I've been thinking about that too because I don't love the idea of eliminating that vote but more often than not a four person vote was always going to be awkward how many times do we see two two splits you really have to convince someone like, hey, yeah. you need to flip on someone just to make it to the end. I want to say there's hurt your been... chance of winning just so you don't get tied, right? Or So there, this one, the fire making started in season 35 where Ben won. So up until then, in the final four, I want to say there was maybe four or five fire making challenges. The only one I know off the top of my head is in season 17. Right, but that would be the tiebreaker, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying the tiebreaker thing. Yeah, it's just, if you think about a four-person vote, it, it's going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. Five. It's all, yeah, it's always going to be awkward because of the little amount of people, but... But think about know, it, you have I one just... person who has immunity, so only three people can get votes. Yeah. The person who has immunity has to basically convince... At least one person, hey, vote with me. Yeah. And then at worst, it's a tie. Otherwise, those, I get, so you're safe, right? So only three people can get votes. But if two yeah. of those three people want to target someone else, you can either join them and just say, yeah, fine. 
the people who don't have immunity are technically controlling the final three. Yeah. Or you you oppose them and you vote with the other person who's getting the votes and now it's a tie and then you kind of leave it up to chance there. Yeah, but it doesn't it really even awkward. matter. It doesn't even matter if they're controlling the final three because you're in the final three either way. Yeah, but if you're the person who has who won that final immunity, you want to be able to shape at least to an extent the final three you want to be you in next to at the end. That that's yeah. part of the perk of winning that last immunity. Whereas now with the fire making, you choose one person to bring with you. They typically pick a goat. Xander didn't. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And then you literally leave it up to fate for the last two people. See, what I think would be wild is if instead of doing it for the final four, they did it for the final three. Because they and haven't they done a final to. two in forever. So imagine if you win immunity, you go into final three, you win immunity, and That's then it, those, those two people have to do a fire making challenge right and there's no decision and there's no decision you have to make there's no one you have to bring to the final it's you win immunity you're in the final two you don't you have to fight to get in yeah that i think would be fantastic because i was never a fan of when there was the final two and there was just the one vote and the entire that one person who won immunity got to pick who they bring because it was always going to be you know a goat unless you're woo with tony it's always going to be the person they thought. Right, because they can only vote for each other. So you, exactly. So there was only one vote being cast. And there was always going to be one person who they thought they'd be able to beat better than the other. So right. I feel like the tribals that had a final two were a lot less um, climactic than ones that have a final three. Because unless it's com a complete blowout, if you're in a final three like we had this season there's going to be at least one other person that's going to compete against you. Even though the final votes for this one was Erica kind of running the show, we still weren't sure whether or not it would be Erica up until pretty much the very end. I think right. once the, once after the, uh, the jury spoke and everything, I think we kind of had an idea that Erica would win. But it wasn't a foregone conclusion. Where there, I remember no, in the first five minutes before that final trouble, we had no idea. No idea. I, I don't think it was until Ricard opened up and immediately started ripping that, into that the John. I was like, oh, there. so that this is where yeah. this is going. Yeah. And I just, I remember there's a lot of in the earlier seasons when they would do a final two, because I want to say the first final three was Cook Islands, which was season 13. Yeah. So the first right. 12 seasons, they did a final two. That was, and there was what, a, Yule and Becky and... Yule, Becky, and Ozzy. Ozzy was in it. Yeah, Ozzy okay. was in it, yeah. So I just think about, say you're, say you're in that final three. Say Yule wins immunity. Obviously, he's voting Ozzy out. Of course. It takes... And I remember watching that one, and I was like very... I don't think... I hadn't... I didn't... When I watched it, I didn't know that Yule had won. So I was very... I had no idea who was going to win, you know, because Ozzy and Yule both played fantastic that season. And if you have a final two, obviously one of them is going to vote out and play against or go into the finals against the person they know they can beat. Right. So, like I said, I think having a final two takes away a lot of the tension and suspense that a final three does but i also get the idea that people like a final two better because it's more of like the people going head to head against each other mm -hmm. but 
I don't know. I think yeah, and we we talked about it last week. How oh, you're gonna have eight members of the final three, so would they go to a final two? I went back and looked at some of the other ones. There's been a good number of even numbered juries, and it's never been an issue. Really, except except for for Ghost Island. Yeah, the only, the only that's the only one that's tied. Yeah, yeah, everything else it was pretty much clean runaway. Okay, you even had I think. Forget what season it was, but someone won like ten votes to nothing. It might have been Jeremy. It was Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy no, ten I think John Cochran won eight. Cochran won unanimous. JT won unanimous. Um, you have to go way back. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of something for the first one. Yeah, but, I don't remember a lot of the uh, earlier ones. Yeah. So it ended up being a non-issue. But one thing I did want to ask you is, knowing what we know now, is there a path? Obviously, there, we, we have a pretty good idea, but what would have been the path for Xander to win this game? Um, how far back do you want to go? Let's just say tonight. Obviously, because obviously yeah. he could have made earlier. He sat on his idol the whole time, and because people didn't really think of him as a threat, so he didn't. I to, think if he had used his idol instead of on himself, he had used it on Deshaun. And well, it ultimately didn't matter. It ultimately didn't matter, but he could have used that and said, I wanted to make sure Ricard was getting voted out. Because so you, you Ricard was the that, biggest yeah. threat in this game, so I had to make sure he was getting voted out. That's true. So it's really just a formality at that point. It's a formality. I was thinking exactly. more along the lines of, like, would he need, would if he needed to fall on his own sword, give up immunity, and give it to, let's say, Deshaun. Sean's going to take Heather, forcing Xander and Erica into a firemaking competition. You would have had to beat Erica, which you probably would have, to eliminate her to guarantee himself. Yeah. So you're saying you want him to pull? You wanted him to pull like a Chris Underwood. Chris thing. Underwood. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I think he would have needed a big move like that. Yeah. Putting Erica in the firemaking challenge and her losing alone, I don't think would have been flashy enough. I think he would have no. needed to literally give it. I up. think that's I the ob- take her out. I think that's the obvious move. And people would, and people, if he had just put Erica in the fire making challenge against either Heather or Deshaun, and she lost, everyone would have been like, "Okay, yeah, obviously you were going to do that." Erica was the one who could have beaten you. So I think you're right. If he had done that, I don't even know if he would have won. Based even on that, then. because say. If it was him, Deshaun, Heather, I still think Deshaun would beat him. Because it's so funny because everyone I saw today was so sure that he was still going to get some votes. Um, which he technically was, did. Someone replied to us on Twitter and said, like, Ricard wasn't, if Ricard was, like, really one of the best players, he would realize, like, how big of a threat um, Xander was. And it's like, well, was Xander really that big of a threat? Like, Ricard played it. I think people just kind of forgot about Xander because he had an idol. And he didn't do much. He kind of tried to do things and then just kind of sat back and yeah, he played more of a, of a survival type game. Yeah, which I get. This show is called Survivor. Yeah, he he wasn't just trying to beat people. He was just trying to hang on as long as he could. I also think there's some his, merit to that, but the, he he needed more. I also think his social awareness or lack thereof came into play earlier on when he kept on saying he was using Ricard as a shield for himself. And, you know, we thought he was such a big threat this whole time, but if they, if the people actually in the show didn't think he was a big threat, 
then there was no reason for him to do that. And he, for some reason, had this mindset that he was the number two threat in the game behind Ricard. So that's why Ricard had to stay because otherwise they would target him. Well, look, I get it. If, if what he's saying, if, if what he's thinking is is correct, yeah, then that no, philosophy. I, I get his perfectly. mindset, but my point is like that is another way to bring up his social awareness, and that's what Ricard called him out for, right? He said, exactly. like, "You were truly using me as a meat shield. Like, why why didn't you take me out and then focus your energies on taking out the next biggest threat in the game?" Yeah, who's sitting right next to you? Yeah, which I completely understand. Like. Ricard worded it very emotionally, but I totally get his mindset of like, you made a big deal of voting me out because you thought I was the number one threat. Why did you not vote Eric out when you had the chance? And the thing is, when did I, there was no specific vote out where there was a quote unquote chance other than the Shan blind side. Yeah. I think everyone was so all in on, oh my God, this is our moment to get a Shan. We have to do it. Um, there was never really a, another moment, quote unquote, to get Eric out. I guess every vote was a moment to get her out, but no one actually was thinking. Yeah, she that. only won immunity once, twice. She won it twice. Oh, yeah, no, she, her won, second she won it tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I guess so. And okay, for uh, we'll come back to this. I just want to say that I thought it was hysterical that in the first immunity challenge tonight, where they were saying when Erica got the advantage and the advantage is like it's not it's not a huge one but it'll be enough and then she she gets a gigantic head start yeah i I almost figured it was going to be like what what did jeff say it was a 70 piece puzzle i thought the advantage was going to be ah the first 15 pieces will be solid for you yeah or something like that the way they they worded it said it it wasn't going to be huge yeah or like for how she had to they had to knock the ropes down like Mm -hmm. your first four ropes will be given to you or they'll That's just be sitting on the ground. Big, but the second one was pretty significant. But it's the fact yeah. that it was both legs mm-hmm. is where it If she started on the second leg, even that would have been That minor. would have been way too much, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that took that much time, that first segment. They kind of breezed through it, basically. I, that's ring, true. But I think that second part took longer because you had to move. Connect everything, yeah. And you had to balance yourself on the... Uh, ladder and stuff so i get yeah that makes sense i don't know i just thought that was hysterical they're like it's not a big advantage and then she just goes and destroys everyone and, like and it was really close it, came down, almost, almost it came down it came down to be close between her and ricard and ricard would have won if she hadn't had that advantage but compared to everyone else it wasn't even close because ricard's unbelievable puzzles yeah, he and Erica started off really good at puzzles too, but he closed so fast at the end yeah. there. That, that yeah, was, he did. I he I, I don't think I realized in the moment that that was like her million dollar win like mm. right there was was beating him to the finish of that puzzle. If Ricard had home, if Ricard had won that, he would have won the entire thing. You could make an argument that Xander would have put him in a fire making competition. Had he still won the last? Yeah, one. but I think Rica- I think Ricard would have had the awareness to practice making fire until he. Well, knew they all he practiced. Could. That doesn't mean that you. Yeah, you I know, but they weren't moments. good at it. I think Ricard would have basically walked in knowing he could make fire, and then you think about if he's put against any of them, who's who's uh who's he gonna lose to? 
maybe Xander if he had if he That's true. That's true. But I, I still can't believe that Deshaun won that challenge because the way he was building his fire initially, he was just it wasn't building you know, the, the was TP awful. shape. He was just kind of stacking things on top. And then he just kept on throwing sticks on it and smothered it and wasn't doing anything. Like the thing, the fire was gone and he's just like spreading everything out. Right. So then, but then what did Heather do? Like she had the fire going. Did she just say, ah, this is good enough? No, she had the fire going, but she didn't have a good enough base on it. So it got to its peak and then started to burn down and she didn't have enough to. Yeah, but you could still add to that. You can add underneath. Yeah, but it takes time for everything to catch. I I made enough campfires. I feel like I know (laughs) how to to keep it going. But what the hell do I know? It's a good thing that (laughs) you weren't weren't up against them. <laughs> but no, I give I give Heather a lot of credit because I didn't think she would do that well, and she started off terrible, and then almost won it. And the back and forth nature of that was very stressful because I think everyone watching was rooting for Heather, and mostly for the underdog story, right? It mostly for like the underdog wanted, story. Exactly. No, it, it wasn't even like they wanted Deshaun to lose. It was just like. There's no way Heather's. Everyone loves an underdog, and Heather kind of established herself in this episode as like underdog-ish. Where I think Xander kind of brought up how she might have a perception as a goat, and he doesn't think that she is. And but his delivery that was awkward as hell too. Oh, it was awful. But he, you know, we went on about how we thought maybe Heather was actually running the show, and it didn't obviously come out that she was but i don't know yeah that was a half big theory we i don't think we were serious about i don't know if we were either but i don't know i just look at heather and i wish she had been more like she was in this episode like she was last season because she had a lot of good points she she was vocal in this episode in the finale she went up to xander and, and said you cannot beat erica you have to get her out so and maybe that was out I still of can't believe he was he was just so sure because Deshaun I, said the same thing he's like mm-hmm. ah, I'm not worried about her I I honestly think he was like riding the high of winning immunity and he was just like ah she's fine and he was putting too much stake in that that truth bomb reaction mm-hmm. from the and, night before I just out of those three it's like you really think you can beat Erica the most out of Deshaun and Heather. Like, what was the plan there? I, I, I think he, he had in his mind this delusion of grandeur where Heather yeah. would win and then Heather and Erica would nullify each other and they'd each catch maybe two votes at most, mm-hmm. but then that would still leave four for him. Yeah. And like we said, it is... And I don't think mind- Heather would get Your, your mindsets after being stranded in the woods for 24 days... Your mind obviously is not going to be as fresh as ours are right now as we're sitting in our houses. Sure. But I don't know. In you know, for us looking at this and just being like, man, why did he do that? He really thought he could beat any of them. So he just and he and he thought taking Erica and not letting her get the chance to make fire and win would hurt her game. But like I said before, that comes back to bite him because he saw how bad she was at making fire. So 
I, that, I think that that was the moment, right? It's not just yeah. that he took her to the end thinking that he could beat her, but that he saw how vulnerable she was. Mm-hmm. And the, the only reason he doesn't make that, that decision is if he's so sure that her making it to the end one way or the other or not wouldn't yeah. change his outcome of winning. Well, and I think he, which is just himself, a misfire on his part. Yeah. And he thought of himself as an underdog, like this whole entire season because pre-merge, he was on the bottom the entire time. And, and that's, that, that's what always gets me because just because you're not in the numbers doesn't mean you're an underdog. Just because you're, yeah. you're in the power lines doesn't mean you're a favorite. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they get caught up in that. You're, it's an advantageous position to be on the right side of the numbers. But yeah. A lot of times you're on the wrong side of the numbers. It's because you're a big threat and people are pivoting away from you because they want to get you out. Mm-hmm. So just because he said, oh, he was, I don't think he was, he did, wasn't an underdog just because he didn't have the numbers. He yeah. was for sure a favorite. He, he made it as far as he did. Now he, he didn't collect any votes at the end. But I still think that he would have stacked up okay had he been sitting next to someone like Liana or Tiffany or Nasir in the end. Yeah, I think his competition in the end really hurt him. Because like we said, Erica played a fantastic game. And we can't stress enough just how well Erica played, especially given the fact that she did nothing at all pre-merge except just kind of blend in. And, and she, she even talked about that tonight in, yeah. in the after show. She said, I, I had like a, a mini meltdown by myself because I was on a tribe that kept winning. So I realized I was getting deeper and deeper in the game and I had nothing on my resume. Yeah. The opportunity didn't present itself. Yeah. It wasn't even like she did anything wrong. She just kept winning. She didn't get challenges. the opportunity to prove herself. She hadn't even voted a single time. Mm-hmm. And, and we said that. Side, that's what where Shan kept losing, and Shan had all these moves on her resume, mm-hmm. but it all evens out at the end because yeah. when you merge, everyone eventually has to go to tribal X number of times. Yeah. Well, and we said that too. We were like, we don't know how it's going to look for all of Luvu at the end because none of them have been to tribal. And obviously, it didn't really end up being that big of a deal because three people from Luvu made the final four. Right. But still it was, you had people like Heather who didn't really do anything. Erica hadn't done anything up until the merge, but she had a game plan. Um, Nasir was just kind of like the good natured, nice guy. Everyone loved that. They voted out because he was likable. It wasn't because of his strong gameplay or anything. Um, and then Sydney, I still don't know why they voted her out. Ultimately, <laughs> I think they were worried that Danny and her were really close and that he may yeah. ultimately pivot away from Shan, Liana, Ricard, and Deshaun. Yeah. And so, I mean, kind of she, which she did, her. which she did, but at the same time, it's just. I don't know. I think we're going too far back now because that's not exactly fresh in our minds, which I'm saying us as if it wasn't solely me just being like, yeah, I don't know why they voted Sydney out, but. Uh. <laughs> but so they, they showed some previews though for, for season 42. Mm-hmm. That should be dropping. They said spring, usually. Spring. So I, I think. After the Super Bowl, usually. I want to say 
the official date was sometime in March. Okay. All right. Like end of March. And they normally, so, and like you said, they normally drop. Do they normally do a thing at the Super Bowl? It's usually a week or two after. Okay, I thought you were saying during the Super Bowl, which was oh, weird. Oh, no, no, no. There was like one or two. See, the Super Bowl's on Fox. They wouldn't have a CBS show on Fox. One or two times they've, they've aired the premiere, like immediately after on CBS. Oh, the one year, it, it was either a year that they were, probably not when CBS was covering the Super Bowl because then they wouldn't want all the after show coverage. I don't know, whatever yeah. it was. But um, it's usually seven to 10 days after that. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say seven, but seven would be a Sunday and it airs on Wednesday. So it's late at night. We just, but we do we see some, three hours some watching of, Survivor. It's fine. Yeah. So we see some of the same stuff from this past season, like the Beware Advantage. But Jeff said that they're going to tweak some of the other stuff. They're going to kind of use, which is good. one as the guinea pig. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with the, the Shot in the Dark. Cause I only got used one time. Ultimately, I think the, I think Shot in the Dark might say the hourglass thing is gone, though. That has to be. Yeah. That has to go. I mean, Jeff kind of made a quip about it today about how Danny loved it so much. And you had mentioned before about how Danny just kind of went up to him. And it was it was an un it was an unaired unaired part, thing, tribal. but he destroyed yeah, Jeff. He was just which, like not happy with him. Yeah. And honestly, I don't blame him. Like, you know, he's he used to play in the NFL. He's used to competition and. If you win a game and then all of a sudden it gets taken away from you just because someone decided it wanted they wanted it to right, be taken away. Not even away. like because someone cheated or because the game yeah. was rigged or something. Just like, eh, you know what? Uh, so so this team lost 17 games in a row. So they have um, this reward they were given that they can just say, oh, yeah, you won. Well, guess what? Now you lose. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's going to be, I guess, another fun season. I, I'm itching to get back to 39 days. Ultimately, it doesn't really change how we perceive it on the mm. broadcast because it's 12 or 13 weeks of episodes and it is what it is. But I feel like they tried to we pack wanna, We want to get it back to a classic like Survivor season. Also, the name of our podcast. So it is. Like, it has to align. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. But no, I'm, I think they did a very good job overall with fitting the season in amidst all the problems that could have arisen you know yeah, and, and i do really really like the live after show i do too i get you you strip out the ability to have a live studio audience you strip yeah. out the ability for the winner and the runner-ups to share the moment and the rest of the cast and to have the cast outside of the jury but going immediately from the final tribal to the vote to the reading of the votes to Hey, let's just sit down and have a conversation. Pizza, beer, champagne, whatever, mm-hmm. right? That was cool. That was really cool. But I don't I really, think really on. enjoyed that setting. And they definitely were the live that again, though. Yeah, but with the live shows, sometimes you get so much fluff in there, too, where Jeff's like, hey, we're going to go up to like this 12 year old in the audience. Like, what do you think yeah. about this? Are you excited? Do you want to do Survivor? Do you want to be on Survivor eventually? And like, and then they got to cut like, Sia because no. she went to all those. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, sometimes they're cool because you have like really you have past Survivor players in the audience. But again, that's still like filler. And a lot of the times, it's also like Jeff will just like cut, make an effort to be like, "Yep, we're cutting to uh, a commercial now. When we come back, we'll talk to this person. We'll talk to this person." Then they end up talking to like half the cast, right? Where tonight, everyone 
was vocal. And I get that, you know, it's because it's the jury and you don't talk, you tend to not talk to the early people, but at the same time, well, and the jury all gets to hang out at Ponderosa. So yeah. At the same time, I just feel bad for someone like Sydney who was voted out the vote before where she technically made the merge, but she didn't make the merge because of the merge challenge. But isn't that always the case where the person who the first person voted out at the merge doesn't make the jury. Not always. It's usually like that, isn't it? I don't think it's always like that. I think at least half the time it ends up being like that. It's I know not, there's again, definitely been more making that are like the, that, but the I know jury, there's make, been a sorry, few seasons the where they've started the jury before the merge. Like it fluctuates from season yeah. to season. So like I know for a fact that in Heroes versus Villains they started the jury before the merge. It was like a thirteen mer- person jury, right? They merged at ten. But the jury was like Jur- I think the jury was nine people for that one, and they merged mm-hmm. at ten. So that would be the same thing. They had okay. two people on the jury, and then they merged. They mer- They started the jury at twelve. They merged at ten. Okay, that's that's what it was. All right. Yeah. It's it's late. It's fine. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, is, is there anything else? I don't. I don't think so. I, you know, we'll have more. We're gonna put out stuff in between now and you know whenever season forty two comes out. But I would imagine we'll do some more like post uh season 41 thoughts something like that but yeah for sure I think and we, this is, we were talking about tonight like if they did another heroes versus villains yeah or another well, i said that because who, i think who, ricard who, who, would be a fantastic person for a villain there going to it yeah um but i i do want to just say something because i was going back and listening through some of our earlier episodes and and we made a, a statement in our first podcast that I, w- I want to set the record on. Okay. Um, we said that Ricard's legacy would be the guy who got Jeff to stop saying the word guys. Yeah. Or, come on in, guys. Just come on in now. Um, Ricard's game was so strong and so, so memorable that that's what his legacy is. Mm-hmm. And like, we couldn't have possibly known that right from the get go. No. We, especially it was our first podcast, we're still kind of getting you know, <laughs> our feet wet and everything. And we see a big moment we're like, well, that's it. Ricard's always going to be the guy. You joke that what happens if he got Jeff to yeah. change an iconic phrase and then immediately got voted out. Like how it would have been awkward. Would be. And but, I, and I still stand by, I still stand by. It would have been awkward if he had, a, if oh, he had been the first sure. person voted out after that. And it would seem but, like they, they voted him out because he, he spoke yeah, up, which would have been bad luck. But I will say, I will also set the record straight and say that I remember saying at one point, if they were just dragging Ricard along and they were just going to have him go long in the game because they kind of wanted to rig it and say that this person made it that long, which was not the case. And I slightly regret saying that because I was a little bit, it was a little ignorant to say, Um, but Ricard played a fantastic game and that's what he is going to be remembered as one of, if not the strongest person from this season. Yeah, and I put him in the likes of, at least for now, players like Malcolm, yeah, Spencer, um, Tasha, people who have yeah. made it really deep in the game, um, and they're remembered as really good players. They just haven't mm-hmm. won yet. Um, if given a second opportunity, I'd be really curious to see how he stacks up against other returning players. Yeah, I could totally see him doing really well, though. 
honestly, against yeah. return against returning players because I think they would look at him in this season and just kind of kind of gravitate towards him just because he's a more recent player. Yeah, you know, it's always funny too because if you're on a cast um, with let's say twenty castaways. And they do that thing where like they bring in four returning players and sixteen new players. Yeah. A lot of times there's this feeling like, oh, they already had their chance. Let's take them out first. They don't deserve yeah. to win. And, and I'm thinking, if I was in one of those person's shoes, I would want to work with them. Oh, yeah. there's a chance that they can flip it. I mean, and obviously you can vote them out early on, or later on, not early on, but voting out someone who is a returning player. You know, first, second, they've done that before. Like, I remember, I think it was season 38, uh, the first uh, Edge of Extinction season. They had a couple of returning players come back, and they basically did that where they voted everyone out because of that exact mindset. Like, they already got their chance. They know what they're doing. We want to play our own game here. Yeah, more often than not, that happens. Yeah. Even if you look at, um, what Redemption Island? They took out Russell pretty early. They, they took out Russell for round one, one, but um, well, and I think for something like that, you can do two returning players and have, kind of pit them against each other. You could do like a fans versus favorites type of thing where you do returning versus new, but having like four people and splitting them up like that is dicey. Because then you kind of have the animosity of people being like, well, they've already had their chance. Whereas if you bring then, in... Are they going to work together because they're already returning? They know exactly. the rest of the tribe. So they're two. All they need is two more people. And then... Yeah. Whereas if you look at this season and you basically pit, say, Ricard against, I don't know, Xander and bring him back. That's a bad example. Sure. But, you know, two people who were against each other at some points this season or say like Liana and Xander, they were, well, they don't even have to be from the same, the same tribe. Like, yeah. What was it? South Pacific. They brought back. Um, was it Ozzy and, and, and coach. Wade? Yeah. And, 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 and coach made it to the coach. Made the it to end. The yeah. Yeah. So, and you have those two people, you know, they're not going to be working together because they have their own tribe of people. So I think you have to kind of thread the line between bringing back all like half returnees and bringing back just a few that people are going to be suspicious of. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to do it for this one. What do you say? I think this is a good way to wrap it up. We yeah. Had our, our first full season in the books. Uh, we, we've certainly, as the show developed this, this new I think we got changing way <laughs> season, we certainly developed as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mentioned last week, but I'm, I'm excited for what we're going to have mm-hmm. ahead of us here. Me too. So we'll, 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 we'll dig up some, some content to fill the void between mm-hmm. now and March, uh, whenever the next season premieres. And um, we'll just keep this thing going. Yeah. The shout out to everyone who's, you know, watch us. We're not, a, you know, we're not well known. We're just two guys that like survivor that talk about it after every episode. So whoever's, you know, tuned in and watched us, Thank you for the support. Absolutely. But until next time, everyone. Thanks.